Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, you lovely lot, and welcome to this week's edition of Tuesday Night Jaw, brought to you by the Distraction Pieces Network, the wonderful podcast network that holds, facilitates, and distributes this this here wrestling podcast. Uh, we love them very much and very dearly, and there is several amazing podcasts on our network that are all worth your while. Um, little bonus shout out this week. Dr. Susie has released a book, um, which is called Say Why to Drugs, which is the name of her tremendous podcast that you should all check out. Um, so we've been really excited to see the book is already in, in Waterstones and other book emporiums. <laughs> I think that's a term. Um, it's out there in the wild. So if you do listen to that podcast, or even if you've never listened to that podcast, go and check out the podcast and check out the book and go and help Dr. Susie on her little journey to being awesome. So that's all the business in terms of distraction pieces. Uh, this week's episode is going to be a Q&A. Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you very much for everyone that submitted questions on twitter i really appreciate it there's been some really really good ones that i'm really excited about answering so we'll get stuck into them in a second the reason why i thought we should do a q a is that obviously now the progress thing is 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 taken taken on and then become a thing and people have become aware of it more um so i kind of just wanted to open up a little bit and, and and take any questions for that reason but also as well i appreciate sometimes that <laughs> i'm not always an open book um and i can be quite reserved in terms of speaking about myself because it genuinely makes me feel a bit weird uh that is why i do the job i do which is essentially whatever it is essentially like hey look at this person over here aren't they really good uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna get out of the way now for like half an hour to an hour and, and and then i'll come back and you'll go oh it's this guy again but then i'll go hey look there's a person over here that, that's basically my job um, and i quite enjoy that because i don't really like being the center of attention very much but i thought uh for the the benefits of the podcast and the benefit of of the the new gig going forward I thought I'd be a little bit more open and try and be a little bit more approachable in terms of any queries or questions or you guys getting to know me a little bit better. Right, let's have a look at some questions. Okay, question number one. 
Weetabix, served with milk or yoghurt. And also, how many Weetabix in the bowl? Milk, obviously, for all the vegans out there, you know, go soy, go hazelnut, go almond. Um, Hazelnut's very nice, actually. I think that's my favourite milk alternative. But yeah, it has to be milk. Yoghurt's a bit too... A bit too fancy, that, for me. Especially for, like, a proper, solid, working-class breakfast, uh, such as Weetabix. Um, obviously, I can't eat Weetabix, because the, the clue's in the name. Um, but, yeah, it would be with milk. Uh, I, I guess, I guess, I guess, though, yoghurt and honey would be a nice little combination, though. Try it out. How many in a bowl? Standard. Two. Has to be two. Always. Don't want to be greedy getting in free. Uh, and it'll set you right up for the day. I look forward to my Weetabix sponsorship coming through in the email. Um, what do you usually get from the chippy? So I now, for two reasons, can't really eat much from the fish and chip shop. <laughs> Ooh, aren't I an exciting human being? Um, I'm vegetarian, so I don't eat fish. And obviously the batter is is got gluten in it. But... There is a really good fish and chip shop in Didsbury, uh, which is a a sub-area of Manchester. And there's a place called Foster's that on every Sunday they do gluten-free day. And they also do battered halloumi. So now it's battered halloumi and um, a portion of solid chips. Um, And I recommend it. There you go. Um, Foster's, I look forward to your sponsorship deal coming through on the email. You should go and check them out. They're nice folk and uh, it's a nice little place. All right, um, MJ from the awesome Riptide After Party podcast. He's a lovely guy, and Riptide are an amazing company, so go and check them out. Always a pleasure, MJ. Uh, he asks, why does everyone like slash pretend to like slash despise Tom Newton? Delete as appropriate. Um, despite Tom's, uh, mine and Tom's back and forth online, uh, Tom is actually a wonderful dude because it's so nice to have someone that is so positive and enthusiastic about wrestling, especially with someone who clearly wants to be involved in it. And I've got absolutely no doubt in my mind that Tom will not only be involved in wrestling, but be really successful in whatever he chooses to do, um, he's just a good kid that has his head on his shoulders, which is a massive thing because when I was his age, when I was in my 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 eighteens, my nineteens, my twenties, I was a complete bellend, um, <laughs> which is quite funny because uh, if you know, you know, I was I was I was an idiot um, and I didn't know anything, I didn't know any better. But Tom's got a really good attitude. And he he wants to learn, he wants to listen, and also he's super enthusiastic. So next question is, daddy or chips? Now, I should have said that with a Welsh accent, but being Welsh, I don't want to upset my my fellow countrymen with my terrible Welsh accent, um, which occasionally comes out when I say certain words, mainly here. Um, But it's definitely chips. Definitely chips, no question about it. Okay, next question. Would you rather fight an Ilya Dragunov-sized ant or a or 1,000 ant-sized Ilya Dragunovs? <sighs> Bloody neither. I... Oh, that's... No, I'm scared of both. Because, like, the problem is the 1,000 ant-sized Ilya Dragunovs hitting you with a 1,000 torpedo Moscows 
is going to chop you down, man. And then they're going to carry you to the little layer. Um, but then a terrifying prospect of an ant the size of Ilya Dragunov. Oh, man. Uh, do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which was a great movie, um, but also gave me nightmares because I just did not like like the animatronics of the, the insects and stuff. It kind of just creeped me out. So I'm probably, for that reason, you know, for scarring in my childhood, um, I'm probably going to say a thousand anti-size Ilya Dragunovs. Oh, that's a terrifying prospect. Okay, next question. Um, I was expecting this question, and I don't mind answering it. Um, are you not going to do a Royal Rumble roundtable? Short answer is no. Long answer is there's two reasons. So reason number one, with the bigger events now, um, a lot more people are a lot more busy around it. Now, whether that's if people are working for NXT or NXT UK and they have events in and around the Rumble or even on the independent level, a lot of places do shows that weekend or around the event um they obviously have like events where they, they sort of double up with showing the rumble afterwards and stuff so logistically it's quite a difficult thing to do but probably the main reason and the other reason is i now don't feel comfortable having having my opinion slash criticism online about other companies um due to my professional involvement now that isn't i'm sorry i know it's not going to be really sexy or really interesting to say but that's got nothing to do with me working for progress in terms of uh you know wwe i work for progress and my opinion is my own and i can have my own opinion it's just that i think it's poor form for someone that is out in the public domain who should be upholding a level of professionalism to just sit there and have a podcast that 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 will criticize because the problem is is like if we do a roundtable as well i know that it's a positive podcast but if we are only saying nice things about a show that is not an accurate portrayal of that show and i'm not saying that there's never going to be opinions or discussions on the podcast because it will we just have to be more mindful of it now so with that in mind i think we'd be doing a watered down slash diet version of the roundtables than we used to uh, and i don't want to do that there is so many podcasts out there and so many reviewers and so many little bits and pieces that do such a better job at being critical of a product or a show than i can be that i would much rather people go and support them and voice their opinion in in that way it's the same same thing with twitter as well like I've had a couple of people say, like, oh, I hope you're not offended about my opinion on this. And and, and I'm never going to be because it's your opinion and you're entitled to your opinion. Um, so it's one of the things of just being more acutely aware of of the environment and nature of, of, of online and social media now where you say something and people will hold you to that or make more out of it than it is or or whatever. So that is a very long-winded way of saying, no, we're not doing the roundtables anymore, um, but we are going to be doing other stuff um, throughout the year. Okay, uh, next question. How did it feel to announce Chapter 101 and how did you find the atmosphere? Um, little thing, uh, little 
little sub bit as well. Super excited to be getting my hands on tickets for 103 for my birthday. Well, first of all, awesome. Glad that you're coming to Camden again. Um, uh, tickets are available. Lol. Uh, again, on that shell hype. Right, chapter 101. Uh, so I actually didn't want to watch it back or i wanted to watch the matches back but i didn't want to watch myself back because i was just like oh it's really cringy and weird and awful um but there's a bit at the beginning where i say like i feel like i'm having an out-of-body experience and i know that's like sounds really over dramatic but i legitimately did not feel like i was in my own body when i was doing it it was really really weird um and then obviously the thing happened with eddie and mark the minute that happened, like, I just clicked back, and I was like, oh, shit, yeah, I, I do know how to do this, I have been in wrestling for 16 years, and I have been a ring announcer for, like, seven to eight years of them, um, so, when I kind of got my head around it, and got the initial thing out of the way, I was like, oh, no, I, I actually really missed this, and I really enjoyed it, because, obviously, I had to give up commentary as well, which was a really, 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 really hard thing to do because I loved doing commentary with Glenn and I just loved doing commentary in general. But I did it, I made the decision because it's the right thing to do for the company um, and I don't regret it. And also now, that little reminder, because I hadn't been I hadn't been ring announcing for a while, uh, pretty much since I'd stopped with Fight Club haven't ring announced anywhere i've always been a commentator so i'm i'm still commentating in chaos and i'm going to be doing uh, their shows in february and then i'll be i'll be leaving in february and then progress will be my sole my sole wrestling thing um which means also as well i I won't be commentating for future shot going forward as well uh decision being i just want to put all my efforts and time into into the progress job um so yeah, it was good to, to have it feel right and it feel good. Um, also as well, it's just that I'm, I'm really appreciative of people being so receptive to it because I know it's a massive departure from what everyone knows. And I will say this, and you can quote me on this, I am my own ring announcer and a lot of the stuff that Jim did... I won't be doing and I'm not doing it to deliberately be uh different it's just that I am actually a really different ring announcer to Jim um in in the stuff that I do um so I kind of I, I guess I'm asking for a bit of patience and hopefully <laughs> the transition will will be easier uh and hopefully you'll pick up on 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 the, some of the stuff I do um over this year and and, and it it won't feel so weird but it is going to be different from Jim despite despite uh the obvious comparison um and the obvious comparison exists is because we are actually really good mates and we're quite similar in our personalities and our and our and our likes and dislikes etc etc but as, as ring announcers we are quite different so hopefully different doesn't mean bad um i'm sure you'll let me know if if it is but yeah it's it's a massive transition period for the company um and i'm included in that so we will get to a point where it won't feel so weird okay um next question favorite pizza topping no um i I do i do i I get more excited because again i'm a a vegetarian 
and gluten intolerant so gluten-free pizza i'm gonna i'm gonna shock some of you here is not the best um it's kind of the concept of pizza rather than the actuality of pizza Uh, the best the best ordered pizza um if you're gluten-free by the way and want some pointers is if you're gonna sit in and eat it it's pizza express that's definitely the best gluten-free pizza or if you're ordering it, always order from Pizza Hut because it's infinitely better than, than Domino's. Domino's give you like the smallest size ever and it's a bit shit. So don't do that. Um, but I, I get more excited about the sauces. I quite like a bit of garlic mayo on it. Um, and I know this is going to sound weird, but like uh, aubergine's quite nice on pizza. I didn't think I'd be down with it, but I am. Um, an aubergine to anyone in America listening is is an eggplant. Um, there you go. Um, being international. But yeah, yeah. gluten-free tips. If you're gluten-free, best pizzas are Pizza Express and Pizza Hut uh, and garlic mayo and aubergine on top of my pizza. Okay. Uh, here's one that I knew was going to come. Uh, best championship manager, football manager team and why? Uh, and then there's a sub question as well of is there an announcer that has influenced you and why? Um, also, some replied to this tweet with your pro evolution start and eleven um, from the original players in the master league. It's literally just the the team they get given because it's it's amazing. Was it called Castello Castello up front? That was basically like a budget fat Ronaldo. Amazing. Uh, on, honestly, I know Master League and like Ultimate Team's got a bit like you know loot crate and a bit meh these days, but like original Master Master League um, on Pro Evo around about like Pro Evo five, woof, untouchable. Pro Evo four, Pro Evo five, woof, amazing. Um, right, best football manager, um, football manager team, and why? Uh, I've told this story before, but I, I went standardly aged on Football Manager 2010 and won a Champions League with an all-Belgium side that included Kevin De Bruyne and Eden Hazard, among others. I think I had... I definitely, definitely had, like, Steven DeFore and Axel Witzel in that team. But I feel like I had Vincent Company, which, if you, you know, you know... Um, it's a bit weird because he's an Anderlecht legend. He's playing there now. Um, that is my favourite team I've ever had. Uh, on the the newest incarnations, I've ju- I, I've I've started with Brentford, which has been really fun because um, they're a super interesting club. If you if you if you're not sure about Brentford um, in terms of why they're interesting, Google just Google Brentford B team, the Athletic, which is a football writing app slash um website did a really good article on their on their b team structure recently and just look into the club as well because they're owned um they're owned by someone that owns a danish club as well and that they, they both run on like analytics and stats so basically if you're a football manager fan um just you will love them so yeah I, i've been brentford on the new one and i've enjoyed that I kind of accidentally got them promoted automatically in the first season to the Premier League and we were massively underprepared. So I've bought my players and I've set my team up um, to play in the Premier League for the following season. Um, And I'm really worried because we're going to get relegated quite quickly. To put it into context, I got Nathan Klein on a free transfer and had to sign him as a star player. So that's how good that team is. But yeah, Brentford have been really fun. Um, I've also, uh, I'm trying out some tactics and stuff. So I've been LAFC at the minute. 
which has been really, really good fun in MLS. Um, LAFC are like one of the newer franchises. I think they've been around like two or three years now. They they, they won the Supporters Shield last year. Oh God, there's someone in America just telling me off. Uh, but they didn't win the MLS. But they've got like Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi, um, Diamande, if you're a Hull fan and remember him. Uh, they've got like a really cool team that's like quite, um, they've got like quite a lot of Mexican players and Uruguayan players as well as as American players with with South American or, or uh, Latino heritage, and and they're they're a really interesting club uh, in terms of of being a modern club, a modern club that's very much in in touch with the LA community and understanding what their fans want and stuff. So they're sponsored by YouTube as well, and they do loads of YouTube content. So go check them out. Um, if you've never really watched the MLS, it's pretty wild, but they're super interesting. So yeah, at the minute it's Brentford and it's LAFC. That is the longest answer to a question that was, should have just been two seconds, but hey-ho, there's your football manager slash football uh, content. Okay, so the second part of that question, my God, I'm rambling. Um, is, is there an announcer that has influenced you and why? Um, I think... It's weird because there, there, there isn't. Um, not a ring announcer. Um, there's, there's ring announcers that I really like. I really like Greg Hamilton. I like Mike Rome, um, and I really like Andy Shepard at NXT UK. Um, I've met Andy a few times, and he's also a really, really nice guy. But I really like Andy because he had never ring announced before. Um, he's, he's actually a presenter and does a lot more of that. So his improvement from the, his first start on the job to now and then to see him at Worlds Collide being on the panels leading the panels for the, the takeover UK stuff was super cool to see because he's he's working really hard at it and he's actually really good at it um, there's a few other people as well uh, NXT always produce some some good talent um, there's commentators I like so current commentators I really like I think Beth Phoenix is awesome and I think it's not going to be long until she gets put on the main roster because again her improvement she's starting to find her confidence now and it's a it's 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 a difficult job for her to get you know her place in a commentary team with Nigel McGuinness and 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 Ranello because they're both really well established and both very good at what they do but she's doing an awesome job and I really rate Beth Phoenix at the minute um the New Japan commentary is always really good the English commentary um Kevin Kelly is is uh, you know a legend at what he does that's really good um in terms of of historical people i i love bobby heenan and gorilla monsoon for obvious reasons um ken walton i absolutely adore ken walton so ken walton if you don't know was the guy that did all of the world of sport commentary um and was actually canadian but had that beautiful sort of transatlantic elocution lessons of oh hello good afternoon grapple friends and he had this really like calming way and he was ace um so anytime if you watch any world sport on youtube and you hear this voice that is kent walton uh and and he he was remembered as a mark rocco match (laughs) and in between um the rounds he's like oh there's there's mark rocco there of course mark's dad um 
whatever Mark's dad's name is, it's something like QC. He's like, of course, he's a horseman, uh, rides horses, trains horses, and just starts going on about how, like, Mark Rocco's family is, like, really famous for, like, riding horses, despite Rocco being, like, one of the biggest villains in the world of sport area, and it always makes me chuckle. But, yeah, Ken Walton's great. Bobby and uh, Bobby Heenan and, and Grilla Monsoon are great. Um, and, and, like I said, there's loads of people doing really good stuff for the minute. But in terms of influences, I wouldn't say that I'm actually influenced by an announcer i'm influenced by a lot of people um when we did the original tetsujin my brief from craig and gaz was go full bruce buffer uh which still pops us to this day and like makes us laugh because there is times where i go full bruce buffer these days how much did you enjoy the schadenfreude schaden grap show last week it was nice to chat to you at the interval on wednesday hope your throat gets better yeah matt came and had a word with me during the interval and, and i nearly died because my throat was really really bad as you can probably tell i'm still a bit stuffy and whatever um i've just been ill consistently since like january 1st to this date um and i just can't seem to not be um, a fully 100% so that's a little bit frustrating but um, yeah it was super nice to chat to you Matt uh, always a pleasure um, the Shard and Grab show was awesome so I went on the second night I wasn't there on the first night um, but yeah it, it's super special like they are they are so clever in what they've created there they've they've they know their brands they know their fans they know their size in terms of venues and intimacies and they really are creating something super super special they're really 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 smart people that are behind running that company um and it will become a juggernaut in terms of uh, keeping it on the ground slash sort of a smaller size because um, it's, it's PWG, right? It's PWG. It's it's that. PWG never, even though they outgrew that one venue in Rashida, it took them years to leave that one venue in you know, Rashida. Their refusal to do an on-demand service and just do DVDs, like it's it's got that PWG vibe about it, and I mean that in the most positive way. And um, on that actual show, Kid Like Us Two versus Dean Allmark was absolutely awesome, like really good, like as good a match as you'll see anywhere in in, in the country. Um, obviously, all the comedy stuff is absolutely hilarious. Um, oh, and and the opening four way of uh, Callum Newman, uh, Big Gu- Big Guns Joe, uh, Luke Jacobs, and Ethan Allen was awesome to see because obviously I know three of the people in that very well. And then Callum Newman is really talented and probably about twelve years old as well. So uh, I'm sure all four of them are going to go on and do amazing stuff. But yeah, absolutely love the show. Hopefully I can get down again in future. Um, but yeah, go and check it out. I know me saying go and check it out means absolutely nothing and, and you probably won't be able to get tickets but do it fight for it um it, it is worth it okay so um fighting game characters or just video game characters in general that you feel would be great wrestlers uh, i mean the obvious one is king from tekken and was it craig murdoch the 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 his his nemesis that turns into his tag team partner in tekken yeah yeah king's king's an obvious one i can't remember if it was tekken 6 or tekken 7 but it, one you could make your fighters customable customable wow i don't think that's a word you could customize your characters you could get an action 
actual like tiger mask, like luchador mask for King. Um, but it took ages to unlock and you had to like do it. I was obsessed with unlocking it just because I wanted to have, and he has like tiger mask gear. So I just wanted to make him tiger mask. Um, cause obviously that's the, the, the inspiration behind the character. Uh, video game characters, cloud from final fantasy seven would be really cool. I know Kenny Omega's sort of touched on the, the JRPG stuff and the sort of anime stuff before, but in my head, for some reason, I just feel like Cloud as a Joshi wrestler would just be the coolest fucking thing in the world ever. Yeah, yeah, I like the idea of Cloud from Final Fantasy VII coming out with, like, a big sword. Okay, uh, if there's any weird edits in this podcast, um, it's because I'm having to go and blow my nose every two seconds um, because I'm still bunged up and stuff. So I do apologize if something just sounds really weird. Um, I mean, in terms of an edit, not just what's coming out of my mouth. Uh, Right, next question. Uh, I'm going to go with these two um, because they kind of work together. Um, What three tag teams who've never been in progress... Uh, who would you love to bring in? Realistics, uh, realistic answers, obviously. Oh, right. Um, UK guys, the 0121. Uh, I know we've used Maloney before, but I love him and Darice as a team. It's so good. Darice is like, again, it's, it's always difficult to be like, oh, he's going to have a breakout year and, and put too much pressure on him. But like, Everyone that's been sleeping on Reese, I think, is going to change their opinion this year because uh, that dude has got it. Whatever the it is, he's got the it factor. So I really like them as a team. Um, keeping in attack, I really like Experiment with Terror. Um, Experiment in Terror, sorry. Oh, for God's sake, I had one job. Experiment in Terror uh, with LK and Elijah. I like them both. Personally, as well, obviously Elijah's going to be making his progress debut in Cardiff, but I like them as a team um, when they're not fighting each other. Um, bloody Lloyd Carter, hey. Uh, then outside of that, I mean, they're, they're kind of realistic, but probably won't ever happen, so I can say them. Um, the first one will be Speed Muscle, which is Naruki Doya, Masato Yoshina. That is like my absolute dream of all dreams they are my favorite team ever because of my love of, of Toramon and dragon gate um but it will not happen because yoshino is retiring due to its injuries uh this at some point probably this year um he's just been working in incredibly hard fast-paced style for the whole of his career and he doesn't feel like he can continue to do that and he's going to walk away while, while he still can. So that's super, super sad. But he did come back from a really serious injury uh, when no one thought he was going to come back. So everyone's kind of been a bit anxious about that. So it's, that's probably never going to happen. Nariki Doyle, obviously, he's, he's, to, to my knowledge, he's still... Um, to my knowledge, he's still the Open the Dreamgate champion at the minute. Um, I'd love to bring doy in at some point uh but we'd have to make it work obviously so yeah speed muscle would be another one and then i feel like this one is slightly more realistic now is motor city machine guns obviously we've seen shelly come back uh for with with kushida in nxt for the, to, to reunite the time splitters i know saban's still kind of around online so i don't know really know 
if he's wrestling much at the minute, but again, much like Speed Muscle, who, you know, they've had their incredible matches with in TNA, um, it's probably never going to happen, but Motor City Machine Guns are like the team, you know. Again, and I know this is, GYV have always wanted that match, um, but Grizzled Young Veterans versus Motor City Machine Guns is just, to me, that's just money. That's just absolute money. So, yeah, there's some teams for you that I wouldn't mind bringing in. All right, so keeping in with the top three uh, vibes, uh, top three workhorse players in the history of the Premier League, these guys that don't get the plaudits they deserve. I actually spent time thinking about this. So Angolo Kante has to be in it. Yeah, I mean, he he does get the plaudits. So that's, I understand that. But like, there is no player like him. He's just a Swiss army knife of a, of a midfielder. And it pains me to say it because he's a Chelsea player, but he came from uh, League Earn and League Der, So, you know, that's cool. Um, someone who also uh, came from that same system and also played for Chelsea, Michael Essien was awesome. And again, it pains me to say because he was a Chelsea player, but he did loads of grafting um, in that team as well, that Mourinho team that was like super functional and slightly destructive, if we're being honest. And he did a load of good work in that. So, yeah, Kante, Essien. And then my third one's going to be weird because he isn't what's considered as, like, a proper workhorse, like, type of midfielder, as in he'll get stuck in and then lay off a simple ball. But Shabby Alonso for Liverpool, because he did the outrageous, like, the half-line, you know, halfway line chip and... and, and just be pass beautifully and conduct play beautifully but he also did a lot of grafting work that you didn't necessarily notice until he left Liverpool and they got significantly worse because he left so Xavi Alonso is my my left of field third choice in that also I really think he's going to be Spain manager someday um he's already on that journey and on that path so yeah you can come back and quote me on that in a few years time so yeah they're, they're, they're my top three Okay, um, all right, yeah. Um, Neil asks, did you watch World of Sport? If so, any thoughts? And he says, I'm not asking to be childish and I'm hoping uh, and hoping you'll slate it. Just a curious, uh, just, just curious to see how other fans saw it. Didn't take it that way at all, Neil. Don't worry about it. So I was actually at the first tapings live of, of World of Sport. I went along with, with, with Brooker um, and um, Sam Bailey's family members because Sam Bailey was on the pilot. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it to an extent because they had so much talent in there. <laughs> A lot of talent that, that now is funnily enough, in NXT UK, which is Dave Mastiff, Zach Gibson, Legero, The Coffees, I'm probably missing someone else, Kenny Williams, there it is, uh, and, and others. So they had, they had on the, on, the, on the original pilot and the initial setup, they had so much talent and they seemed to be going down the right path of paying tribute to that that, that came before because Mark Rocco was in the building. They had things with Brian Dixon, Klondike Kate was talking as well. And, and it felt like it was a nice, a nice nod to, to the past while trying to be like more modern. My problem is that they lost that. They lost that the, the minute that they, 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 they did the pilot and then tried to do what they did next. And, 
if you're going to do a wrestling promotion in Britain on that scale, for instance, via ITV, and you want to do your own thing, and no problem. But I think the problem that people had, and it's the problem that I had with it, was they used the World of Sport name and then started to steer away from it and calling it WOS. But the problem is there's so much heritage attached to the World of Sport name that if you don't give at least some nod slash authenticity to what had come before, then people are going to get annoyed. And I think that's the, that's the issue they had, was they said they were World of Sport and then they weren't the quote-unquote World of Sport slash Lord Mount Evan rules stuff. So you had a, a generation of people maybe getting more... Um, interested in wrestling again and coming back to it and then going well what's this this is really americanized you know an example of that and again this is not a knock on the talent of of the person but they brought in davy boy smith jr who's a phenomenal pro wrestler like unbelievable and obviously has lineage but he's not a british wrestler in in the pure classical way so i just feel like they did a good job, but it was a missed opportunity to really recapture the spirit of what British wrestling was by using exclusively British talent. And I mean exclusively British talent, not in a, oh, well, we can't use anyone from, from outside of Britain, but in a, they've learned to wrestle here or have built their name within the British scene. So... I, again, I enjoyed that pilot. The pilot was great, but I think everything that came after just felt so muddied and confusing and non-authentic that that it, it feels now that it was a missed opportunity. And I hope that's not disrespectful, uh, disrespectful to anyone involved in it. I don't mean it in that way, but there's so there's so much importance. In if you were going to pay homage to something, you really need to get the essence of what made it special in the first place down. And if you're not going to do that, then just do something new. Just do something different. So, I, and again, like I say, I say all this, but I'd love it if World of Sport came back. I'd love it if World of Sport came back and gave loads of underappreciated people in this country, like wrestlers in this country, a, a massive platform like ITV um, and really like kicked on with it uh, there's, it's there's still hope there there's still hope in, in terms of it being a concept but i think that the, the main focus really needs to be british talent like young underappreciated british uh, british talent getting an opportunity okay next question hello matt which international talent that we haven't seen in progress before do you want to book for the super strong star 16 weekender Really simple answer to this. I've said it a million times. I'll say it until I'm blue in the face. But Kento Miyahara from All Japan. Um, it's probably like 99.9999% sure it, it won't happen and might never happen. Um, which is a shame because of logistics. But he is awesome. Uh, and if you've never seen um, a Miyahara match get onto all japan tv or get onto youtube because there is some matches out there and stuff and, and watch his run as the triple crown champion from 2019 and all his work from from before that as well he's the dude is just one of the best in the world and we'd absolutely love like all three of us would absolutely love to have him in progress but we just don't think it's going to happen so yeah all right um who was the most underrated wcw 2000 act for me free count were really clever and one of the most 
current acts at the time. Yeah, that's it's free count. It was such a clever little way of of presenting free guys that were like they kind of got, clearly just went. Oh, look, here's some free good-looking dudes that can do really athletic stuff. Oh, they look like a boy band. It sounds like something that someone in creative would have said, but I think I think all three of them saw it as an opportunity to to get themselves out there, and it, and it works really well. So I think Free Count's definitely my choice. Oh, I know... I don't know, man. Like, I loved Norman Smiley in that hardcore run, like when he was hardcore champion. I know that's kind of like a bit of a guilty pleasure. Um, I also really enjoyed Ernest the Cat Miller, which again is just... Oh, my credibility is just slipping away. Um, also, Dean replied to this this tweet with Lash LaRue. Excellent shout. Uh, the Raging Cajun Lash LaRue. Okay, next question. Uh, which football ground have you not had the chance to go to but would like to? And which mid-2000s hardcore slash emo slash screamo band would you like to see live again? Uh, and if you wanted them to play a specific album from start to finish, what would it be? Uh, Football Ground, dead easy. San Siro, because it's it's getting... I don't know if it's getting knocked down, re-renovated. Re- re- wow. Um, my English is good today. Uh, yeah, San Siro, because it's, it's not going to be around much longer, uh, and it's iconic, and yeah, I, I, I probably need to sort that out and go and see it. Um, I've been to the Johan Cruyff Arena in amsterdam but i've not been in it so that's also on the list i need to change that because because you know ajax are aren't a bad football team um and i like amsterdam as well so i need to need to get on that so yeah they're they're probably the the football grounds uh which noughties all right so i can't think of a band that i've seen that because every band i've seen because again you you say if you see live again there's not really a band that I've seen that I, I would like that I felt unfulfilled by in terms of, of at that time. Um, so I'm going to go with someone that I haven't seen, like one of the very few bands that I haven't seen, and I know what album. So it would be Save the Day and it's Day What You Are, the whole album in full, please. Um, and I can't remember why I've never seen Save the Day. There was, for a long time, there was I used to have like a list of bands that I wanted to see, and they were on it as well as a band called um, Emery that are probably really obscure now and I've not listened to for about 10 years, but I ended up seeing Emery and then I just never got around to Saves the Day. I can't, I can't remember. There's probably a reason why they probably weren't touring. Um, there, there was a band that I never thought, or like a group that I never thought I was going to get to see in my lifetime, um, but they're a hip hop group called Jurassic Five. And, um, when I got into them, they had already split up, uh, and then they got back together and we went to park life one year in Manchester, which was an absolute nightmare just to watch Jurassic, Jurassic five. Cause we, we never thought we'd see him again. And then I ended up, my friend Stevie won tickets on a radio show to go and watch them in, in, in Academy or in, in a venue in Manchester. <laughs> so we got to see them twice. So that was quite good. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, there you go. Okay, why was This Is Football a banger of a game series? Uh, was it Jumpers for Goalpost mode? I can't remember playing anything other than the first This Is Football game. And the only thing I can think I can remember about that game, if it's the game I'm thinking of, is that 
essentially you get around about the halfway line and just play a through pass, which was just a button. Um, you just press the triangle um, and you'd always be through on goal. That's the only thing I remember about the game. Uh, I'm assuming jumpers for goalposts was essentially FIFA Street, but way cooler. Um, so I'm, am I now going to have to go and play... This is football. Maybe uh, we we will see. I will play it along with um, was it Michael Owen's World Cup football on N sixty four. Michael Owen had a game, and I on the on the front of it, yeah, like a knockoff England shirt on it. Well, funny. Um, all right, question: Who let the dogs out? Who? 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 Um, I believe their owners let the dogs out um, so that they got some healthy exercise as. As dogs, especially certain breeds of dogs, need constant stimulation and exercise. This applies if you've got a collie or a greyhound, for instance, despite the greyhounds being little couch potatoes. So there you go. I've solved the mystery. All right. um, There have been a few UK wrestlers basing themselves in Japan over the past few months. Aside from Will Ospreay, who do you think is the biggest loss to Brit, uh, to Britress, and why? So obviously we've got Ridgeway spent extended time out there. Obviously Drew Parker, Chris Brooks, then obviously the girls in Stardom, so the likes of B Priestley, Session Moff, um, Millie Chevens in Sendai, uh, Zach Saber Junior. Obviously in, in in New Japan as well. It's it's difficult to say because because. I feel like they have done pretty much everything they can do in and for this scene at the minute. Drew's an interesting one because Drew's obviously so young, but Drew had a has an idea about who he wants to be as a wrestler, and Big Japan is the perfect fit for him. Um, Brooks is exactly the same for DDT, but also Brooks has contributed so much to British wrestling already that he now deserves an opportunity to go and contribute to another scene. Um, Ridgeway is exactly the same. Ridgeway's got to a point where he has done pretty much everything he can do over here, so why not go and do new stuff? So I don't really view it as them it being a loss rather than a natural progression. In fact, I hope there is more British people and British talent that go out there for extended excursions. You know, you've got Martin Kirby and Dragon Gate, um, visiting, you've got Danny Jones in all Japan visiting, as well as Lucas Steele in all Japan. Um, so, I feel like people having, you know, the the old classic six to month, six to eight months excursions in Japan makes them better. And if if and when they return to the British wrestling scene, it makes us better because they've learned stuff and they bring something new. So, I don't necessarily see it as a loss, but as a positive. Um, and also as well as that thing of it, it opens up opportunities for other people to um, take a step up and, and do do you know have more prominent positions on shows. So I think overall, and it's just my opinion, I just think overall it is a a, a positive thing uh, to happen. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. 
With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. All right, um... Okay, Egan has said, please spend a minute talking about this. Mike Baldwin, 1942 to 2006. Uh, right. So here's... Because I was like, I can't talk about Mike Baldwin. He's got nothing to do with wrestling. And then and then my brain went, ha, ha, he, he has. Um, so here's a really random thing. The, the actor that played Mike Baldwin was really good mates with a wrestler called Judo Al Marquette. Um... And Judo Al was a f- uh, was an actual judoka. I think he's from like the Midlands um, that that ended up coming to Manchester and watching wrestling in Manchester, and then becoming a British professional wrestler. Uh, he had like a really impressive career, as well as being again a legitimate judoka. And his gimmick was obviously he'd come out in a gi and do judo throws. Um, and he's a really, he was a really, really interesting guy. The reason I know who he is is because someone gave me his book, um, and it's a really fascinating read because I didn't really expect it, and then it kind of just came out of nowhere. So yeah, it's Judo Al Marquette, but yeah, he was he used to play golf with the actor that plays Mike Baldwin, um, and they were quite good mates. So there you go there's a minute and an interesting fact for you as well i guess all right um with joe nelson taking over the kid lycos mask um which young british wrestlers do you think would be candidates to do the same with other retired masked wrestlers gene money as cory mantu would bang just saying completely agree about gene money being Corey Mantu, that'd be amazing. Uh, maybe we can have a word with Christopher Daniels. Uh, actually, why would we have a word with Christopher Daniels? He was never Corey Man. <laughs> we'll have a word with New Japan who owned that gimmick. <laughs> um, number one, I think, let's just get this out of the way. I think Joe becoming Kid Like Us 2 is the coolest thing in the world. I've known Joe for a... Uh, or, uh, more accurately, I've known of Joe for a while and the, and and the dude is super talented there is no doubt about that um and he's he's really young in terms of his age and i feel like this might be the thing that helps him get his name out there a little bit more and get starting breaking out a little bit more because my goodness does he deserve it obviously he started doing attack he started doing fight club he's on the shard and grab shows you know he he is doing incredibly well right now but i think it's a clever little idea that to my knowledge has never been done in modern british wrestling where someone has taken on someone else's gimmick slash you know um 
gimmick slash mask and paid homage to it i just think it's cool it's different it's interesting and if and, and if there's anyone that could you know continue that legacy of lycos it is joe nelson and i think he's absolutely going to kill it and i'm really i'm really excited for for lycos too like really excited so again he had that incredible match with dean allmark um and yeah from what i've seen and what i've heard he had a banger with brooks as well the, the night before so yeah i'm excited to see where, where that goes right so uh, retired mask wrestlers uh, i kind of i don't know um I don't think anyone. There is literally no one that I would. I, I, you know, we, we spoke, we've been speaking about Liger the last two shows and about how there, there probably should never be a, a Jujin Liger too. Um, so I guess it's... I mean, maybe when Ligero retires slash, you know, takes the mask off slash whatever, I guess the Ligero too would be would be sensible. Though everyone suspects there's, there's multiple Ligeros anyway. Um, yeah, a Ligero too... Let's do it. Uh, let's do. Uh, you know when there was like always a crossover with tiger masks and stuff. Like there, there was a couple that were in existence at the same time. We should do a Legero too that only exclusively does independent bookings. Um, while Legero does his WWE NXT commitments. So yeah, there you go, Legero too. Um, let me know your suggestions who should be Ligero too um, I'm assuming they should, they should be from Los Santos, Mexico of course and uh, not from Yorkshire uh, right what have we got what's your favourite Slipknot song and which member of Slipknot would make the best wrestler so my favourite Slipknot song is like it's kind of thing that your dad would say um, and it, I feel kind of ashamed because it's quite a it's a later song in the, in, in the catalogue and it's quite a mainstream song, but it's Duality. I love that song. It's proper boss. It's really good. Um, best member? It's got to be Corey Taylor because he loves wrestling anyway, like proper loves wrestling. And, and yeah, he's he's got the charisma. Yeah, Corey Taylor. Definitely Corey Taylor. Uh, good question. Right. Um... Okay, right, yes, we're getting in to the nitty-gritty of the questions. Okay, I'm just double-checking that I've got everything lined up. Which one do I want to answer first? All right, cool. So how would you have done the invasion angle and which WCW wrestlers would you have pushed harder? Oh, this is a question. Um... (laughs) So I wouldn't have done the invasion angle <laughs> if I was being brutally honest. Like it just so let's put it into context. Like, so when when the invasion angle started, it was for, me, for again as someone that had been pretty new to watching wrestling and also loved WCW and and was always curious about ECW. When the invasion angle started, it was the most exciting thing in wrestling. I was like super excited. Um, leading into the invasion pay per view with that Jeff Hardy uh, RVD match, like I, I, right at the beginning of it, it was super super exciting and super cool. And pretty much everything after the invasion, the pay per view, kind of ended weirdly. And then people started jumping over and changing like alliances and, and being a villain and being a good guy, and it just got really messy and weird and like diluted. So, if I had to do the invasion angle, I probably would have done 
I probably would have done uh, um, what they did at the, the, the beginning, which was kind of like the anti-WWE thing. But then I would have had the Survivor Series thing, you know, the, the whoever which team wins, you know, wins, gains control, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I would have had the Survivor Series either as free teams which i know everyone's gonna be like what i i watched toramon and dragon gate they, they do free teams free teams are six all the time it's fine i would have had free teams um and then the winning team gets to basically decide what happens essentially i would have got to the point where i would have had ecw wcw and wwe as a brand each so what we have now with like nxt raw and smackdown um I would have just established that you could have had ECW as like the NXT of its time. You could have had WWE as, you know, Raw. So the established stars and WCW could have been SmackDown. It could have been, you know, the, the, the Guerreros, the Edges, the Mysterios, the Workhorses. And then the general managers of each show should be a representative of each company. So Heyman for ECW whoever you want for WCW, I understand Bischoff came in later, but Flair probably would have been a better one, and then obviously WWE would have been a McMahon or whatever. But yeah, I would have basically done the brand split earlier, like, and and I also would have had WWE lose. Um, and then every year at Survivor Series, we'd have a proper Survivor Series where every Survivor Series match was basically, they did, a, they did a thing called bragging rights, right? Like that, basically, you just have the three brands competing with each other. So it's it's it, it hindsight's twenty twenty because now you can see where they wanted to go with it. Eventually, I just would have accelerated that or just not done it. I would have just had, I would have had individual programming because I just think that would have been. I, I don't know. Like I think the excitement always was for me was always say for instance you did WCW TV the show you know whether it's Nitro or Thunder whatever you want to call it. And then had a WWE guy turn up, you know, in say, you know, in the build up to a WrestleMania, that would have felt really exciting and like really different. You know, say for instance, you got Booker T as the WCW champion, and then Triple H turns up on a WCW show. Like it goes back to that Monday Night Wars thing of, oh, that's really exciting and different. Um, so yeah, I guess that's what I would have done. I would have got to the brand split a lot, a lot quicker um whether whether that's by the alliance winning or or just not doing the invasion angle though i said that i did quite like it uh yeah i, I yeah I, I probably would have just done the, the brand split it's it's really difficult because we all had high hopes for it but then obviously things like contractual things and you know other forms of politics prevented getting a lot of stuff that we 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 would have would have wanted in terms of people that weren't pushed obviously everyone was says chris canyon which i agree with because canyon was super cool i just feel like we never got a we never got a really authentic slash good presentation of the cruiserweights like obviously helms was helms for a bit and then we had like kidman and we had x-pac and then helms did hurricane but like i just never felt we had even when wcw was bad and it was bad the cruiserweights were always a highlight and we never got to see that. Uh, it's the same with ECW. Even when ECW was, you know, uh, you know, a bit rocky, we always got like a Van Damme or a Lynn or a Rhino or a Carino that, you know, kind of saved it from 
from the other questionable things that they did. So, yeah, I think for WCW, it isn't so much one person, but they should have pushed the Cruiserweight division harder, in my opinion. So there you go. I just played EWR on the podcast. Lol. Okay, so we've got two questions left, I think. Yes, we do. We have two questions left. Um... Alright, how do you go about setting and achieving your goals? Do you find it better to break up goals into smaller chunks to make it easier to get past check marks or set things more difficult to push yourself? Right, so a couple of things. So first of all, I am super struggling this this year so far because January has been a write off. Like any momentum I've been picking up, I've just I've been ill or just been run down because uh, I'm tired or whatever. So I, I'll, I'll be I'll level with you. I'll be really honest. I've really struggled so far to to get in motion with, with a lot of things. So. It's not that it's not that I'm in a rot at the minute. It's just that I'm in a place where I'm like constantly trying to pull myself up, so I can then start focusing on the little things um, that I want to achieve. I used to, I used to write a list of things that I wanted to achieve um, at the on, on January first in my phone in my notes, and then hide it down the bottom of my notes, forget about it, and then come back to it in December or at certain points to see how far I progressed. Um, And they were like a a really like wide variety of things, you know, from, from professional to personal. Um, I've not done it for this year yet again, because I'm kind of just in a space at the minute where I'm a bit like, Oh, I just need to get back onto level, level playing field and and a level ground before I start thinking but I think overall, in general terms, I don't, I know it sounds weird, but I don't really have goals And in terms of, I'm not a person like, you know, like you get it a lot in wrestling, like, oh, I want to, I want to, I want to work for this company, I want to work in this building, I want to do this, I want to achieve that, I want to do that. I don't really have that. I'm not that kind of, I'm not that way, I'm not programmed that way. I'm, I'm. I'm kind of a, oh, whatever happens, happens. And like, as long as I'm happy and enjoying it, then that's enough for me. And again, whatever you want to call it, luck, fortune, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm, I have been really fortunate in all the cool shit that I've done. You know, I, I, said, I said it and I know this sounds really weird. And everyone would be like, okay. But like after I introduced Shima in, in at Fight Club, I was just like, nah, I can retire. Like I was like, I was just happy. Like I don't, Everything I've done professionally, I, I never in a million years would have thought I'd ever done it. So I would have ever, you know, achieved that or ever done that. So for me now, I'm just in a point where I'm just like, look, whatever happens is just cool. And I'm just going to enjoy it. Like, you know, Tampa's a really good example. Like I get to go and ring an ounce of progress show on WrestleMania week, WrestleMania weekend, which is something that I just... You know, the, I mean, the progress thing. First of all, I never thought it was going to happen, and second of all, I get to be in 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 the states to to do Mania weekend. So, like, that's really cool. I never thought in a million years I'd ever be in Wembley Arena involved in a wrestling show, but there we go. I did commentary, and 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 there we have it. Like, so 
again, I never really set big goals, but I, I do, I do set little goals. So like I have a, I, I have a checklist, um, for the week and then the stuff, it's just, it, again, it's, it's, it's a really mixture of, of, of things like, um, the podcast is really a, a little bit all over the place at the minute. I'll be the first to admit that. And I apologize for that. Usually I have, um, concepts and ideas that are like a mo- like for about a month or two and then if i have to do an episode outside of that for you know if an opportunity presents itself then i will always do it um so i set the 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 kind of like my list for the week of little things and it can be just like this sounds really stupid but like you know do the dishes or hoover or get a haircut and stuff like that as well as like okay i need to uh, obviously with a new job now with progress i need to do this for progress i need to do this with the podcast i need to do this with something else um so i smet, i set smaller goals on a on a weekly basis rather than oh here's a really like mental thing that i really want to do um so that's kind of how i work i just do the little things and then the big things when the big things come up, I'm like way more prepared for it. I think that's that, that there you go. There's my advice is do all the little things so that when a big thing comes uh, or, or you have a big thing in your sight, you are the best prepared person to do it. You know, progress for me is an example for that. I never thought I would work for progress in either capacity, you know, whether it be creative or as a ring announcer. But I made sure I prepared myself by doing little things in both jobs that if an opportunity ever came, that I'd be prepared to do it. And then when they asked me, I was like, kind of, you know, I freaked out a little bit, I'm not going to lie. But I was kind of like, all right, cool, I can do this because I've been doing X, Y, Z for the week slash month slash year there you go there's a little bit of an insight into to how i do things um and how i think so yeah i don't again like i don't have massive aspirations i'm not like oh i want to i don't want i want to work here or i want to do this like as long as i'm happy and i'm healthy and i'm financially stable i just want to do cool shit like as long as i i'm happy and really enjoy it like that's the thing that i'm i'm massively driven by is like my enjoyment of what i'm doing and if it makes me feel happy not ticking a box or being able to kind of be showy or braggy about about the things that i'm doing as long as i'm just like oh shit this is cool as fuck then then i'm 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 more than happy more than grateful okay one final question um and it's a big one um, for me anyway. So uh, there is a thing about uh, the beginning of the question is asking me about Joe Nelson as Kid, Kid Like Us 2, which I've already spoken about because it's flipping awesome. Um, but this is the last question. What should the Northwest mainstays or any local subculture of wrestlers, for example, the Northeast, be doing to increase their presence on a national stage and broaden their appeal further south? Right. The reason I left this to to the to to last is because this is a thing that I get asked about a lot, um, privately, um, and I feel like there's a level of expectation from from some people in terms of of my 
my use slash representation of northern wrestlers because it is you know it's the scene that i came through with and it's the scene that i love and it's the scene that 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 i'm super proud of um because everyone in it you know for the most part is is phenomenally talented so wrestling has always been segregated in terms of britain of north north midland south and then you've got wales you've got scotland and then obviously across the pond you've got ireland it's always been that way it is now less so that way because of a plethora of things. Um, just more exposure, more opportunities, um, and, 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 and people making a conscious decision to change this. This is our pocket of the world. We're going to stay here and that's it. Like people's ideas of that have changed. You know, you look, for instance, look at the, the Chardon Grab show. You know, you had Callum Newman on the show who is not a northern wrestler but you know Callum Newman's someone who's who's wrestled in NGW recently as well as down south and then you've got you know Big Joe you've got Luke you've got Ethan you know Luke and Ethan have got Fight Club Pro coming up they've got OTT coming up they've worked for Progress you know they are now there is talent that is working everywhere in the country as well as everywhere in in the world I think with the Northwest, there's there's a few things to take into consideration. Number one, you have to accept what the perception and stereotype of the scene is. The perception of our scene is that we're all good grafters, all good mechanics, but we're not very interesting and we always make sure we cover someone facing hard cam. That is the perception of it. It always has been and always will be. And I don't necessarily think that that is a negative thing because I do think that the Northwest, for whatever reason, whether it be the training schools or the audiences or the promotions that people work for, do produce very, very solid, fundamentally solid wrestlers that the negative that's put on on top of them isn't very interesting. Now, I I disagree with the, the lack of interest type thing. The thing that the Northwest is doing currently and, and, and the North in general, because I'm going to class the Northeast in that as well because they're killing it as well. They are making their regional promotions or their promotions in their areas. They are building their own identity there, whether it be um, in Northeast, you've got Rise, you've got North, you know, whether it's NGW, whether it's Future Shock, whether it's Fighting Spirit, whether it's TNT, you know, whether it's GPW, there is so many different promotions that are doing so many different things. Um, Tidal as well in Yorkshire, as well as places like Grapple, True Grit, you know, the list goes on and on and on and on of these promotions in, in, in the North slash Northwest slash Northeast, East. But the, the people now are cutting in, cutting in on to, we have got local talent here that we should be giving opportunities to. So I think the first thing that needs to happen is that the, the companies in that area need to present this talent as a big deal to to their local audiences because it's about buzz. You're creating buzz. You're creating interest. You know, if you present someone as a main eventer or as a champion, people start to believe that because that is wrestling. If you're like, this person is a believable champion and a believable person for you to get behind and then have the talent to do that, then they're going to then they're gonna flourish. Um, so I think that's the main thing is we have to make sure, especially, you know, I'm, I'm talking specifically about the Northwest because I know it 
better than other scenes specifically in the northwest we have to make sure that we protect and build our scene by presenting our talent in the best possible light before thinking about outside exposure then onto outside exposure using people from outside of the scene or with more pulling power to elevate the people within our scene is imperative it's 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 the difference between someone being the guy that everyone's like, oh, he's really good, or the girl, you know, that everyone's like, oh, she's really good, to having the quote-unquote, and I don't like the term because I feel like it's a little bit disrespectful, but the breakout match. Um, the example I'll use in this is Cara Noir versus Pack at Riptide. There is not a doubt in my mind that several thousand people knew how good Cara Noir was before that match there's people that knew how good tom dawkins was before that match everyone knew within the bubble how good cara was but it was the pack match that helped everyone outside of the bubble see how good cara cara was and i will forever forever compliment and applaud riptide's ability and their decision to make pack have pack elevate their wrestler that to me is a really intelligent way of helping people get exposure and helping people go actually that guy you know that's that's pretty good because they can be tearing it down with people that they work with constantly week in week out but when they have a high profile match people maybe go oh actually that guy's you know on a different level to than i expected also as well you only get better by working better people. So if you bring someone in from the outside and they are perceived to be one of the best wrestlers in the world, then that person is going to get better because they are going to learn. It's a learning experience. So again, there is so many facets to it, but I I really think the main point is build your scene around your talent and, 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 present them in a way that is going to elevate them as quote-unquote stars or champions or believable people to get behind or boo and the second part of that is do not just isolate yourself bring other people in but do it to the fervorment of your promotion and your scene and your talent and then that way I think it, it picks up natural momentum for bigger promotions either in Europe or in this country to take notice. And that's pretty that's pretty much it. And you know, like let's not forget as well, you know, I'm old enough to remember the 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 Welsh slash Midland scene of the attack lads and Brooks and, and Pete and all those guys. There was a there was a point in British wrestling where they were looked down upon and classed as the outcasts and that they were weren't british wrestlers and they were they were uh, you know just taking the piss and they they were just cosplaying as wrestlers and now those people are the best wrestlers in the world and arguably the most beloved promotions in the world so this stuff comes and goes and goes through phases but i really think if you take care again you know going back to the, the the goals thing if you take care of the small things the big things come or you're more prepared when the big things come. So yeah, that's it. They are. That's all my questions. Um, 
uh, thank you so much for, for, for tweeting me. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I, again, like I'm, I'm trying to be more open and honest about stuff uh, and, and hopefully, hey, following on, connect with you as an audience. Um, so yeah, hopefully you enjoyed this and hopefully you enjoyed my, my ranty um, answers to every question. Um, I apologize that my, my, my I'm sniffly and my throat's a little bit, you know, hoarse, but I promise you I will get better when the sun comes back out. I'm just a sickly pale ginger boy um right okay so we have got a more tuesday night draw coming up next week of course um i think i've got a guest sorted for it i'm not going to say 100 percent uh when it's confirmed when it's done i will announce it, we have a guest um we are obviously i've also got some more ideas and, and, and concepts coming up in the future uh, along the lines of the stuff that we did like brian versus goliath and um, the curious case of the canam express etc etc like that so the, those episodes are going to be coming in the future as well as hopefully getting a few more guests pinned down as well as maybe maybe i don't know man like let me know maybe we do a q a episode once a month or once every month and a half um if that's of any interest and you've made it this far into the podcast then uh, then let me know um but in the meantime appreciate all your support and taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast and i'll see you next week on Tuesday night, jaw. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 